and welcome, folks, to episode 130 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six, and that fella over there is Andy, a.k.a. America. America. <laughs> That's right, folks, because this is the US special, because the vast majority of this episode is going to be delivered to you fine folks, not by Andy England, our very own UK national champion 2017, on the call with me right now, but he's going to be delivered by Andy America, famed US correspondent for the Ministry of Dice. And a few chums. Uh, indeed, a few a few fellas, a few chaps. We've joined him for a bit of a conversation. So, yeah, Gen Con took place last weekend, and Andy America was out and about with his microphone and gathered together a bit of a roundtable chat conversation with some folks who were hanging out at Gen Con with him, which is lovely, and we're always very fond on having Andy America bring his special brand of North American correspondentry to the podcast. <laughs> He's a special, special Andy. He is a very special Andy. I'm blessed to have two special Andys in my life. You are. Both don't know where to go with that. <laughs> there ain't no way you can go. <laughs> uh, but before we get into all that good stuff, I'm going to give you some Chris and Andy England on, on the podcast because it wouldn't be a Ministry of Dice episode without the presence of the Ministry of Dice. So before we get into all the good stuff, let's kind of have a little bit of a chat about what's been going on. So tell me, my good man, what have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded? Not so much, mate. Not so much. Um, I don't think we've played since we last recorded because we recorded a bit later last time, didn't we? We did. That's right. And real life has been getting in the way of nerd life a little bit lately. And the heat. And the heat. Jesus. Screw yeah. the heat. Oh, it is a scorcher in the UK if you are listening from over the waters in other countries. That came out really badly. But anyway, uh, yeah, it is a scorcher. It is a heat wave. We are dripping with sweat my back is drenched 99 percent of the day <laughs> well thank you for that You're wonderful welcome. image um yeah we don't handle it so well here in the united kingdom we don't we don't do so good with this heat no we don't our uh, our office buildings and homes are not equipped to handle the blazing sun <laughs> no. we're not no, like them office. rolling not like those rolling thunder lizard no. types my, my office has got decent aircon, but then, like, it just meant that I walked out the door, the office door, uh, when I finished work, and I, it just hit me like a brick. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it's bad. I've been to the office today as well, so I had my suit on and stuff, and I was like, oh, my God. Ew. Yeah, grim. Seriously grim. Uh, and the insects. I've been bitten a lot. Well, haven't you had an excited time then in the last two weeks? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, not not really at all. What have I done? Um, uh, it was Javier's birthday this weekend, so we had a bit of a marathon uh, PlayStation session. Played Congratulations, some... Javier. Yeah, it's uh, a big one for him. Some old school Tony Hawks. Oh, nice, yeah. Which was, cool. um, which was good. There's some multiplayer modes that we'd not tried out before, so that was cool. Uh, a bit oh, of Fall Guys. Wow. And um, what else we do? Oh, uh... I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's a fighting game where there was a mix of people with horrendously, like men with horrendously large swords and women with not many clothes on. That sadly doesn't narrow it down a great deal. No, it doesn't. It's like very um, 
Maybe. Like Tekken or something. It's like Tekken. Let's have a look. Games. What have I played lately? It was Soul Calibur f- 6. Oh, I don't. I've heard of it, but I don't know it particularly well. Never, never played anything with such little skill for such a <laughs> large game. <laughs> literally mashing these buttons and these guys are going mental doing these huge combos and cutscenes and fire sprouting out of every orifice um but yeah that pretty much sums up my uh my gaming i've done not done a lot else i've been tinkering around with some teams i've got had some ideas that i need Ooh. to pull out of the uh the respective binders and boxes uh ready just thinking of a few ways of Countering your newfound love of the attack step. Um, <laughs> it's got me thinking. It uh, won't last. To, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. True. Well, it will last me about enough time for me to try and find something to counter it, and then you'll just do the exact opposite and catch me off the uh, off off the hook again. So, uh, Well, I do like to be unpredictable. You do. Keep me on my toes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I suppose it's down to me then to make it <laughs> actually dice masters relevant this far into the podcast <laughs> come on then you've had a, a fair whack going on haven't you yeah i've had a lot going on so we played some face-to-face dice masters around my way uh, in the last two weeks yeah a couple of us got together at fanboy three in manchester which is kind of well known in dice master circles we've had uh, in fact the nationals your national championship that you won was at fanboy three yeah it was um, the so old that was place, good. though that was before it moved venue True. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's in a uh, much better, both better location and a better unit now <laughs> than it than it used to be for sure. Hopefully, it's got a better toilet. Indeed, it has. I can, I can uh, vouch for that. Can you? It's Good. Much improved. Yeah. Uh, I think they, I think they brought it over actually from a local coffee shop that shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to shut it down after I went there. <laughs> they got it at a bargain price. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> But that was good. There was only four of us there, but um, uh, folks who are regular Dice Masters peeps in the online scene will know Relentless Nettles and Collector Rob, uh, who is in attendance, and Relentless Nettles brought his lad as well. Always nice to see the next generation. It was Dark Phoenix Saga OP kit, the Hellfire Gala stuff. So uh, the the lads were playing. They were playing for keeps. There's no two ways about it. Well, to be fair, my, my combo was a bit too... I played the Living the Dream team that I played on stream with you. Um, it's solid. It's solid, yeah, but it's, it's too many moving parts. Yeah, there's um, a lot of moving parts. And what, what I've come to understand is that there's a lot of teams that can do just as much of a big punch with a lot less moving parts involved. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah, that's that's a... You need to buy a lot less dice than me to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it was good to see the guys and hang out, and of course, face to face Dice Masters. Big part of you know, big year for Dice Masters twenty twenty two was getting the, it was all getting back into stores, so that was nice. And they did tell us at Fanboy Three they've got a second OP kit and they're looking to put some stuff on, maybe a draft. Um, so we'll have something else in the schedule sometime soon. So that was uh, that was good uh, and nice and local to me, of course, which is always advantageous. Yeah. So yeah, enjoyed that, and then we bought a couple of packs each and just had like a mini draft to round out the afternoon. Nice. Yeah, which was uh, pretty good. Although uh, Mike and I, in our match, ended up in just this huge... Uh, we were using Kryptonite Crisis, and Kryptonite Crisis is 
potentially in your draft a kind of walled up slog fest. <laughs> <laughs> There's no two ways about it. We found ourselves just kind of smashing into each other, just waiting for for one of us to find a you know a little break in the wall, as it were, to maneuver through. And it took a long time, a very long time. But always good to hang out with the guys and good to play some face-to-face Dice Masters and get out of the house. Don't yeah, do that nice. sort of thing anymore. Being the old bearded hermit that I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's that. And then with Gen Con uh, taking place this weekend, we were very lucky to receive an early preview of the Gen Con fan appreciation presentation, uh, which included some Dice Masters Spoilers in it, and that was very exciting. So I got a Brit Roller Six article set and ready to go. I was embargoed; I wasn't allowed to go live until the presentation had finished. Uh, I was under very strict instructions to wait for the presentation to conclude. Um, but then once it did, I was able to go live with those. So that was nice. I like to always stay on top of what's new, and there's some interesting stuff in there. So head on over to BritRollerSix.com, check that article out, um, or if you want to just go straight to the cards, I've, I've added them to our unreleased set spoiler gallery which is also on com. but there was uh, definitely a few eye catchers in there there's agent brand which gives all your characters fast which i think is mm, uh, for, for a three strong. cost character as well yeah absolutely uh, and i quite like the terax as well he had some stuff going on when you ko things and it does stuff so i think there's a lot of opportunity brewing opportunity the kind of different ish teams that you can make as well Sort of two different angles, so curious about That's that. Cool. Are they Marvel? Marvel, yes, yeah. Never heard of them. You never heard of Agent Brand and/or Terax? Well, Terax is one of the heralds of Galactus, so you'll know you'll be familiar with Silver Surfer, presumably. Yeah, yeah, saw that film. Oh, sure. Okay, so in the in the movie, uh, you're talking about Fantastic Four two, the nineties one or early two yeah. thousands one. Yeah. So the Silver Surfer in that, you remember, he was like a messenger coming to tell Earth that Galactus was on his way. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, what they call in the comic books the Heralds of Galactus. And then Silver Surfer. I don't remember in the movie, but in the comic books, he has a change of heart. and he Yeah, yeah it helps defend the world against the large Lego man. Sure, absolutely. Well, in, in future installments of Galactus deciding that he's going to come and munch on Earth, uh, he has other Heralds, or okay. uh, not even Earth, other planets that he's invaded, and Terax was one of the Heralds. Um, but in the context of Secret Wars, he teams up with Namor. Uh, oh, the fish li- one. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and there's there's a, li- there's a little nod. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and there's a little nod to that in his subtitle. He's called Namor's Cabal, which is acknowledging the little the little group of sort of villainousy dudes that Namor gets together. I thought Namor was line. good. Yeah, the, um, no, I mean, yeah, half and half. Half and half, yeah. Half chips, half rice. Uh, yeah, half chips, half rice, but definitely no fish. <laughs> <laughs> and Agent Brand, she is... So do you remember the uh, Agents of Sword that were in the Guardians of the Galaxy set? Yeah, I remember Sword yeah. Agent, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, they're sword, the ones that are up in the spaceship, aren't they? That's right, yeah. They're like, they're like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s space division. In fact, I think they're probably going to be introducing sword in the mcu because there was that whole bit with uh, yeah you've seen snippets of them haven't you yeah so i think they're going in that direction with it i think agents Uh, of shield like references it as well a little bit 
Yeah, and there was a hint to it in One Division, I think, with Monica Rambo and stuff. So they're on the way, but Agent Brand is like the the top dog in Sword. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. You've been knowledge you very much. Knowledge yeah. right up. Absolutely, yeah. Brought you up to speed. But that was yeah. It's always great, obviously, when WizKids loops us in in advance and sends us stuff over. I think I don't think it's. I think it's quite commonly known that we often get peeks at things sometimes in advance when they go public. And so it was nice this time to be told, oh, here's some stuff for you to have a look at. And if you want, you can go live with it on, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Rather than like hoarding some kind of secret that hurts me every time I see someone say something on Discord. Like some of the stuff on our G drive. Oh, like all it, available yeah. for uh, for bribery. <laughs> get in touch Andy for a fee. This will be, hats, this will be uh, sending Barton crazy. Barton's got no... When we say stuff like this, he goes... <laughs> Make his curiosity gets the better of him. The stuff that we've got, unbelievable. Hit me up, handy.england at mot.com. <laughs> Do I need to move it out of the Google Drive? Can you be true? <laughs> PayPal at <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Only fans. Um, so, uh, so there so was yeah. that. Yep. What um, else have you been up to? Uh, that's uh, that's about it on the Dice Masters front. Uh, you have another game in, didn't you? Do another like gamey type thing? No, it was uh, Breath Weapon X. Has that been yet? Well, it took place, uh, but I was unable to attend. Oh, that's what yeah. I've got confused. So I dipped in and out of a few of the streams when I got a, f- a couple of minutes in between, uh, like Harrison's basketball and stuff, um, to see what was going on. It sounds like everybody had a great time. The format was really janky and fun. I can't remember what won it though i did know but now we're two weeks later and i've forgotten interesting but yeah it certainly went down very well uh alex and rob always have a laugh with this stuff don't they you know what i mean and i think uh it was well received by Good. the participating players so yeah well done rob and alex but yeah i was i wasn't able to play uh, in fact my weekend's pretty tough for me at the moment stuff on saturdays is very hard for me to do at present is yeah. it real life getting in the way of nerd life real life yeah. Yeah. It's a pain in the bum. <laughs> Most certainly is. Most certainly is. Uh, but we did, uh, me and the kids managed to fit in a bit of a game of Beast of Balance recently. Oh, you like that, don't you, you guys? Yeah, well, my, my son's into it, actually. He likes that one. You're balancing so. things and you're building it. Is it yes. you build it on the iPad? No, there's a there's like a Bluetooth plinth that you sync with the uh, iPad. I got you. And then when you put the stuff on. But what my, what my son particularly likes is, because he's got kind of, I know I've spoken about it before, if you knew around these parts, a piece of balance is uh, you got all these kind of strange geometrically shaped animals that you have to balance on this plinth and build as tall a tower as you can. But there's an element where there's an iPad app that's doing your scoring, but you can merge and evolve the animals through different combinations and piling them up in certain ways and using certain pieces in conjunction with them. So the thing my son, he's less about getting a high score and he's more about unlocking new creatures in the kind of creature catalogue on the on the app. So he, cool. he, he will quite happily let it topple <laughs> if it means that he's going to, you know, get a new pig-whale combination or whatever. Yeah, who wouldn't want a pig-whale combination? Well, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Incidentally, the Kickstarter though on that for the expansion has still—I uh, mean, not even, not even a sniff of it arriving. Oh, yeah, Kickstarter's dodgy. We've had this conversation. 
Yeah, it's not it's not good. It's definitely one of those kind of lockdown pre-orders that is now starting to get a little worrisome. He asks me, though, he says, when's the expansion coming? I'm like, mate, I've no idea. Every time they post an update, they're going on about how they've improved the app or whatever. <laughs> no sign of the actual product. <laughs> but they've had me money. They've, you know, they've got, they've yeah. had the money now for, God, probably best part of two, two and a half years. Anyway, so if any, we'll anyone see. knows the folks over at Beast of Balance, I think the Antic own them now. Give them a nudge for me, will you? Give them a kick. Yeah. Uh, right then, should we get into the main body of the episode then? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, well, so uh, as mentioned earlier, Andy America was at Gen Con, uh, out and about with his microphone, and for what seemed to be a, uh, an extended bit of a sit-down time, um, he got together with a couple of the folks in attendance, and they had a bit of a roundtable chat. Those folks are very special to us, in fact, those that sat down with him, because uh, in addition to Andy, he was accompanied by uh, our man Russ, the KO King of Days Gone By, uh, Zach, otherwise known as the Global Guru, from days gone by nick wally who was the to at the events but also a friend of the podcast and a brief appearance by a guy called charlie as well now it's, it's a particularly interesting recording for, for many many reasons we'll come back and sort of talk about why we found it a particularly interesting round table but before they sat down to talk about dice masters hmm. they uh, recorded themselves having a little play or something which i think exclusive game a limited edition yes. game Absolutely. Exclusive limited edition game. Uh, any similarities to any other games on the marketplace are purely coincidental. So let's let's have a listen to that first. <laughs> hey, this is Andy May. I'm here for the Ministry of Dice, and I'm with a few friends. Uh, this is Nick Wally, a.k.a. Jackalope Spam. Hi, this is Zach Green, also known as the Global Guru, or Zach Gree on Discord. Uh, Russ Love... Also known as uh, K.O. Keen. All right, and I think we're going to have ourselves a game of uh, Are You Rip Thunder? We're just going to play a little game, a limited yeah. edition game. <laughs> you may have heard of this. So uh, Andy, Russ, and uh, Zach are going to play this game. And so go ahead and start. Who is the, uh, who got the Chris card? Oh, do we say if we got... If you got Chris, you oh, say. Chris. All right, then you have to say, I am the true Mr. Six. I am the true Mr. Six. All right, so which one's the real Andy? Well, you get to converse, ask him questions. Yes, you can ask us anything. I'll just let you know that I'm an Andy. That's deceitful. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. He's patiently looking back and forth between the two players. Ask me, what I'm, ask me what I'm wearing, then. He's trying to do human lie detector right now. I know. Um, I can't kill myself to try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so which one has the best British accent? Oh, don't, don't, don't make me try. Boy. Is that British? <laughs> Let's hear your British accent. No, it'll turn Australian. That'll be just embarrassing. <laughs> so you are Russian. So you are Andy. You're a fake imposter. Uh, maybe. I'm wearing glasses. Andy wants to wear glasses. Yeah. Nice picture, anyway. Well, he obviously is not Andy then. Zach is Andy. Wow. <laughs> 
That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That that is the real Andy. <laughs> He has no idea who's wearing glasses or not. <laughs> Rip is wearing the glasses. Yeah, I know. But Andy's got a monocle yeah. and a bow tie and yep. nothing else on. Yeah. I had yeah. to try to deduce it somehow. <laughs> so, that was, of course, the chaps having a game of Where's Rip Thunderstone, the special limited edition card that game. That was a fundraiser last year, I think, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. It was a gift to our uh, our contributors, uh, our fan contributors, which incidentally, if you would like to be a contributor to the Ministry of Dice and help us financially continue to create the content that we create, you can do so by going to our website, BritRoller6.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page, selecting the, I can't remember what the button says. Donate. It's like a, does it say donate? It's like a green I circle so. with, a, with like a pound sign on it. And that'll take you through and you can make a donation. All gratefully received. Uh, it helps us out with web hosting fees and the podcast host that we use um, and and other such sundries like the google drive just keeps getting bigger and bigger and i keep having to pay for more and more memory <laughs> space <laughs> because we keep so many hidden spoilers on there <laughs> it is <laughs> absolutely but i think we need to talk about what we just heard i, I know it's not well, dice masters related but we need to talk about it well i heard someone playing a game quite badly yeah, I think, uh, for whatever reason, Russ failed to engage with the complex and deep strategic aspects of Where's Rip Thunderstone. It's very true. His questioning was very limited. However, his results were spot on. <laughs> yeah, you might, as well, you might as well have just been playing Flip the Coin. Also, I don't feel like Andy and Zach made a suitable attempt to argue or convince Russ either way that they held the winning card. Wow. Here's their first attempt. You know, it's like the, the, the playthrough. I'm sure if uh, they get any more chances, it will improve. Maybe. Well, I, ho- I hope so. It's a game with unlimited strategic and you know tactical depth and challenges for players to engage with. It's almost the perfect three-player game ever created again i'll repeat any of the world any similarity to other games out in the marketplace are purely coincidental in the history of the world absolutely i mean since the early board games of you know the ancient ages like ticket to ride and carcassonne (laughs) even more ancient than that (laughs) settlers of Catan. so a bit of homework i think for andy america uh, K.O. King and Global Guru to uh, work on their Where's Rip Thunderstone game. And perhaps we'll bring them back on for a, a, a more involved uh, and just a better demonstration of their talents because I think they're better than what they showed us there. There's a challenge. I've got a few sets still banging around somewhere. Yeah, I've, I've got some still. If you, you know, if you, if you make a donation, I'll send you one. Actually, that reminds me, Mark Sloan, I, I've still got <laughs> an envelope with a set for you in and I lost your address and then forgot about it. So, because I'm like that. So if you, if you want to drop me a line and give me your address again, I'll get it out to you. Let's just put Mark Devon on the envelope. I'm sure it will get here. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, I'll do that and see what happens. Yeah, okay. On to the main event then, the roundtable conversation. And uh, what is big year for Dice Masters 2022. That's kind of one of our themes 
for the Ministry of Dice content this year. And in that space, one of the things we talked about a couple of episodes back was the idea of returning players, like reattracting returning players. Uh, we had RJ Retro on, uh, an old friend of the podcast from way back in the day. Um, way back, way, way, way back, back in the day. In the day. Yeah, and uh, the uh, Russ and Zach on the podcast now were ex-members of a previous Dice Masters podcast called The Double Burst, which we we owe a debt to because Katie Data, Kev over there, uh, helped us out with some of our tech stuff and kind of got us up and running in the early days yeah, of us did. wanting to try and podcast. And he was one of our very first guests on Ministry of Dice as well. If not the first guest. Yeah, you might I've be right. He might, well, he, he was. You might be right. Well, in any case, uh, so we owe them a debt. It, it does sound and feel a little bit to me, listening to this, like basically what we've got on our hands here is, uh, you know, it's not a Ministry of Dice episode. It's essentially a backdoor pilot to the second season reboot of, <laughs> of the Double Burst. <laughs> so if you're a new player and you've never heard a Double Burst episode, I'd jump back into the archive. They're all available on their website, actually, ktdata.net. If you click Dice Masters in their menu, it takes you to an archive of all their past uh, podcasts. Because um, it was a great podcast. Um, you can listen to that after you've gone back to 130-odd episodes of the Ministry of Dice. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but we certainly enjoyed having a bit of back and forth kind of conversation with these guys through the years. But particularly, I want you to kind of listen to it from the point of view of we've got a couple of retired players here returning to the game um, and their thoughts and reflections and kind of the energy that I think you can detect from the conversation is really, really interesting. Um, so let's now hand over to US correspondent Andy America to take us through his roundtable conversation with the KO King, the Global Guru, a brief appearance by Charlie and Nick. the ministry of dice a podcast about dice masters we are a group of uk players that want to bring you the latest dice masters news strategies tips and more whether you're a new or seasoned player we hope this show has something for you i'm kt data one of your guest hosts and in today's episode we take you live to the floor of gen con 2022 we have a roundtable discussion with Andy America, Russ the KO King, the global guru Zach, Nick, and Charlie about their thoughts on the new meta. So let's get to it. Take it away, Andy. Sorry for the background so, noise. It's a party here. Oh, it's absolutely. It's a it's a 24-hour party at Gen Con. So, Literally, yes. You guys uh, played, how, how long has it been since you guys drafted? You both played the same draft today. Like two hours ago. Well, Before okay. that, so prior to two hours ago. Oh boy! So we bought some new product. So I actually on my shelf have a one of the Dark Phoenix, and I use it as a board game and draft, and then fill the packs back up and do just redraft. Teams break up. So that was the most recent. But we we did one as a group. Uh, we taught one of our. So we have like a board game group, and we taught one guy who is not part of our Dice Masters group before. So we brought another one into into the fold there, but but we still have a somewhat local store out in Layton, so they're like I don't know twenty miles away, but they still do events and stuff. So I went down there and got to play in a, an event and drafted with uh, the owner and a couple other guys. They had the DPS kit, oh, so fantastic. Nice. yeah, and I pulled the the Jubilee back in the day, like 
this, this was DPS set. The Johnny Storm Jubilee? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So back in the day for that set awesome. that released like this summer. <laughs> yeah. It felt like back in the day. <laughs> Jack, Zach and I jumped back in with when I I bought a packet and grabbed a Turk Barrett back in the day. What, like a year or two ago? When did that set release? Yeah, that was yeah. back in the day. Yeah. 2020. So I was all excited, created this awesome team, so excited. Zach brought a team with Becky Lynch. We played two games, well, we, and I put heard, it back away for a few years. We, we, we heard that this this Becky Lynch was pretty good, so I'm like, all right, let's let, let me build a team. So I threw something together, and yeah, we played two games, and we, we benched it for a year and didn't play for a while. Kind of turned Russ off, so I'm sorry. I hear there's a new hotness. Uh, what's this I hear about anti-monitor? Well, so I drafted today, and... Uh, Back in the day, there was this combo I had that was uh, used Vigilante just. I don't know if you remember this. You would a- attack and KO your own characters, but you'd have to make everything Batman characters first so that it would trigger all this stuff. Well, they made a five-cost character that's ridiculous, and it's awesome. Anti-monitor. Easy to pull off, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It actually is. You, so you do it with only the four or five sidekicks. No, 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 no! See, that's the thing. Now they took a three or four card combo, made it a five cost character. It's like that's hey. super easy to buy, though, because you know you only have to have one of every energy. No, no, no! Not that one. Oh. No, not the ant. This is <laughs> not just the a black fist. lantern one. No, it's just oh, a fist. Oh, sorry. This is just a fist. You confused? It's pretty. Time. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. It yeah. Is. yeah. And then with the, I liked him with the Batman. Global, I think, just in a draft, him and the black Batman Global, you. Put two sidekicks in the field when your 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 opponent can't, and you are forcing them on the next turn to field three characters to to block your one. So, so we had a chat earlier about some other cards that you were interested in. What did you find out today? Uh, I don't know which ones. I was thinking of the Joker. Yeah, I still need to mess with the Joker a little bit. For sure. And, I think and he found out the way to distract someone during a draft. He's like, just bring up a card with KOing. <laughs> and he'll be thinking about it the whole draft. And probably like start drafting cards. He's like, yeah, this would work with that Joker. Not having the actual Joker, though. Yeah, but it's okay. It still worked. There's the uncommon Joker, so it could, it could pop up. It might wheel. It's all right, maybe. So in future, yeah. my draft, I would go, because I had it, but not enough dice. The Harley... And the was it the common or uncommon Harley that's a max two get extra dice build so that you can ping and then I also had the bat signal common so if I needed to I could have pinged something and then why but it's such a simpler combo than making everything a bat character and KO and all that crap <laughs> now you just attack wipe their field seems kind of dirty but it's so good Anything that says when KO'd is a broken card. You just, you just manipulate it right. That's what I think. Zach, have you found any uh, broken cards in the draft? Um, so, uh, this was the first time I did Superman, and I fortunately pulled the uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen, which was ironic because I just traded for it last night. Isn't that how it always the works? The super rare? The super rare. Yeah, there's been like five or six pulled this Lot, weekend. Lots of them, yeah. Because after Rob... I seen when... Rob traded it to me, and then he texted me like an hour later. It's like, hey, I just pulled another one, so if you know of someone. And then I pulled one. So yeah, there's there's a lot of Jimmys going around. I haven't seen uh, Mary Shazam 
but I've seen a lot of Jimmys. Yeah. I think there's been a Jimmy in every single brick that's I been got cracked. Starfire. You got Starfire. I've seen yesterday. Starfire a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. You know what else I've seen a lot of though? Rare Bizarro. Yes. Oh jeez. But that honestly is broken and should be banned in draft. <laughs> it's just silly. It's just silly. Yeah. If, if you find it in your pack, that's just it. You're, you get 11 cards only. Yeah, he he didn't play you, yeah. did he? No, but it oh. sounds like what else do you need? <laughs> no, you don't need anything else, especially if you get six of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if you get three of them, you're going to win probably. But No, the good thing about the Jimmy is like you just go after the Superman character. So I had the Supergirl, the cheap one, and was just trying to... I had four of them, so I was just trying to get her out there and... And, uh, yeah, it worked pretty well. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I've got, uh, I drafted a couple of times, and I got the common Supergirl. She's three costs with the giant stats, and, yeah, you buy her and just, good I'm global attack. Too, so you make her big I'm with her attack. global, yeah. It wins. Who cares if they have two two sidekicks? Yeah, don't put the Batman global on your team if you're going to use that. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah. I found that out the hard way. My one draft, I won because my opponent brought the Batman Global and <laughs> their Supergirl couldn't compete with the their my two two sidekick army, so. <laughs> so so who just joined us? Uh this is Charlie Cates. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie, you know, there was a clarification that you wanted to make. Do you wanna do you wanna just get that out of the way right now? Are we talking about Craig. Craig? Yeah, yeah, how great Craig is? Yeah, no. Um so yeah, on uh Arge's podcast, someone Make me not sound like a jerk and know the name of this podcast, please. <laughs> Rolling Thunder. <laughs> On Rolling Thunder, <laughs> um, there were some real nice things said about me, and I appreciated the fact that you know it was remembered that I've been at all of the worlds to date. Uh, but Craig Kubel has also been at all of the worlds to date, and actually probably deserves more credit than me because at least two worlds I've actually played round one, round two, drop, and gone and done other fun things at a convention. What <laughs> did, did you do that in Memphis? Um, so no, Memphis I went. Loss, 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 drop. That's completely different. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. That's trying. So I was one and two when you and I went to tour the yeah, the grounds. Yeah, yeah. But, but we got to see some fabulous airplanes, a, a, a television with a bullet in it. Um, the cars. Yeah, there were some cars. Yeah. yeah, it was it was my probably my best worlds. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, I just wanted to like make sure like the community knows like number one, Craig's super nice. I don't think a lot of people like know him well because he's not super online, and I think people miss miss out on that. And also, he's really good. And if you have to play him, it's going to be a hard match, and yeah. you should just know that. Yeah, so. if you're gonna play him, you're you're in for a think. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm honestly shocked that he didn't just show up out of the blue here and. Sign up for all the events. Like he might sound and look like a curmudgeon, but he's a really good guy, and he'll hand you like five super rares from his stack. Okay, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and I think you know, you know, Patrick knows that too, and just you know, happened to overlook him in that conversation. So I think it was yeah. because he wasn't in having a beer with you guys or whatever you were up to when you were chatting with Jimmy. Exactly. Craig was back in his hotel room getting a good night's sleep like a responsible adult. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> so the big popular thing has definitely been the draft this weekend. There's been basically six plus players each time. And what's really good is that there have been new players or returning players to the game 
all weekends. I played a game today. Guy had played Couriers previously, um, had bought a lot of product, but hasn't really played. And he just was like, yeah, I'll sign up for the draft. And so five people drafted, and I played him and just kind of taught him the game, and he had a good time. And there's a lot of people just coming back who haven't played in a while going for it. And everyone's having a good time. A lot of faces I don't recognize. I mean, I recognize some of these after someone pointed out who Russell was. But that's my own fault. We are wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. I, um, on, in one of my drafts, I played against someone who had actually played a learn-to-play game in 2019. Hasn't played since, but they were like, "This is my first Gen Con since 2019. I'm here to draft more Dice Masters." And it was a, a gentleman and his brother, and they were both actually they knew how to play, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I played against a guy uh, two days ago who was back. He used to play in LA with Arch and some of the folks out there, and he was just like, eh, "I haven't played in a couple of years," and I just felt like, you know, coming over here and playing. And for ten bucks, he played a game. He left all of his cards on the table and like gave a super rare to somebody, and then and then took off. And I gave his pack to I think to you guys today. Did you distribute it or keep it? I don't care either way. Oh, I think I kept it. I need some of those commons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's. I why think there I, was some Starro in there. there. I have some. I need a Starro rare. Actually, I got some plans for that guy. <laughs> I think he is really good. So so Russ and I have been been brewing because we, we don't have a lot of uh, the new products Superman. So I've been bringing some because I got I got a box and he's been grabbing certain ones and is going off on his weird combos and I keep winning and and, and, and it, no it's it's weird because it's like all right this this Dekin is so good because it'll stop you I'm like yeah what's your win condition it doesn't matter sometimes you, it, it'll come later so 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 the way, the way it later. ends up is that you know it's like all right we're playing and i win and then he he's like all right yeah that wasn't that awesome because i, I got this combo off and i i lasted like three more rounds i'm like yeah but you still lost like you have no way of winning here you've got all this stuff to control but you're never literally going to win it's you don't about have learning one. see but what i didn't know is the anti-monitor exists that's a game changer man. <laughs> anti-monitor and i'm not kidding it's so good. And 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 in Golden, by the way. Him with uh Scarecrow is gonna be a thing. Oh, it's so good. What what was the what was the event where you had everything, you got your combo combo not off yet, but all of your stuff was there and the person across is like, if you just attack you're gonna win. But you're like, No, I didn't get my combo off. That was Kevin. And I still didn't attack because I wanted to I didn't want to win yet. It happens. So, Russell, question of the day. Would you play Anti-Monitor and Talisman of Ultimate Evil on the same team? Well, and then you could add Vigilante Justice, and they would have to KO three for every one, right? So the... I don't know if you can use the effect multiple times. That's a rules question. We'll have to find a rules lawyer around here somewhere. (laughs) Wait... Oh, the one thing that I was surprised you guys never brought up back in the day was the Super Rare Beholder with the Super Rare Talisman because the Beholder KOs any other copies of that character. So if you KO one of yours, they KO a sidekick. They have to KO all their sidekicks now if the Beholder is active. I was shocked that nobody ever threw that combo out there. Nobody being you, Russ. (laughs) Well, now I'm fortunate I didn't think about it. (laughs) I, I, I was too hung up on the common one because that was my favorite. Yeah. 
But I did think of one down there while we were chatting earlier. If you take the... Did we say it was common? Dark side from Justice League? I always loved this card. Nobody else did. He's seven. He's kind of expensive. But when you KO him, he would deal his damage to the opponent. So you don't, again, you don't have to attack. You can deal like seven damage by just KOing. So with Anti-Monitor, you attack, take away their guy, plus deal seven damage, and we're going to have, you know, the what Black Manta in there as well for Vengeance or whatever. So you get that damage. It'll be like retaliation. Yeah, retaliation. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like twelve damage, and then you got to block my guy that you have no one to block. So you need a three cost, a five cost, and a seven and cost. Everybody gets ca- caught up in all this stuff. This is where <laughs> Dekan comes in. I can do whatever I want when you can't do anything other than seven damage. This is this is not. So weird. you add a five cost into that combo, <laughs> but it slows it. <laughs> This is not that weird. Here's the other thing. So, if I can use heroic defense, that is a life gain. So, it's continuous. You can never kill me because every time I KO my stuff, I gain enough life. I have Deken, so we're good. And when people say, well, Deken has to be in the... That's not hard to get him in my used... It's, it's not. not about winning. It's about not losing. You just, you just, the game goes forever. <laughs> well, no. See, eventually I'll be able to KO enough to attack. Have you considered the Kang Global that reduces damage? It's the yeah. Mirror Global, essentially. Could be good, possibly. <laughs> it, it might be easier than Dekan. No, Dekan. <laughs> listen, listen. I. <laughs> no, I'm going to start. I'm going to. Put a video together. Ken is good. He is control, control, control. I can't lose if I have eight life and Ken is in my field. I cannot lose. It's impossible. He, he cannot lose. How many times have you won with it? Again, I am How only many? practicing parts. Now, also, I am delaying it, but why don't you please describe your team that I have yet to beat, but I can slow down some? Because it's not like it's a silly team. It's kind of ridiculous. It it, it don't, it's got Thor, Master Mold, the Barry Allen, the new one, a Phoenix, Mister Sinister Rare, Drax, Spider Man, and Psylocke. And oh, Hellfire and Hellfire Gala. Gala. And that's, that's how you beat me on one, one of that's them. That's the funnest that's one because he gets beat me, around so it all. So he still couldn't beat. I don't me have to win by damage. <laughs> and I still. So I thought Hellfire had to be sixteen on one side. So. Which I probably could have done. You probably could have done. Yeah. But again, hey, I'm... Because he's, la- he's it's lasting forever, the game is, right? So I could get 16 dice it's out It's just about the damage. <laughs> I, I, I'll get the damage in. I will get the damage in. I'll but, get it in eventually. You think, but before someone gets 20 damage on you. But they can't get 20 damage on me. It's a. It's that's impossible. why you need Hellfire Gala. Yes. Yeah. That's, there you go. That's why. That's how you created. beat Russ. Admittedly, I did have complete empathy for you a few years ago. I played against Lucan in a tournament, and there was a turn where I was so set on pulling off my combo that I missed lethal. And he even said, I think you missed lethal on that turn. And then on the next turn, he didn't win the game, and I still had the setup on my coming turn, but I didn't have my combo yet. And so I once again let Lethal go by, and uh, I, you know, I'm I'm with you, man. Yeah. Well, today in, in draft, I 
planer boy as soon as I was uh as soon as I got my dice for the combo I was set I was like okay I might lose but I, I'm at least gonna trigger this and it's really good by the way it's really good yeah I, I'm with you there though Andy I I was playing Ben at the Memphis and he was like yeah you, you could have won if you did this and I was like ah oh, crap I could have attacked <laughs> it, I I did it too. it happens to the best of us Russ. Yeah, I mean, so the year I played the Johnny Storm against the army of bards, like, the aha moment that I could actually win games was when I was like, oh, wait, I don't have to just kill them with Johnny Storm damage. I can actually attack once their field is clear. And that was, like, two months into playing that team and trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, it happens. <laughs> I remember, speaking of practicing teams... Ken and I, back in the day, put a lot of... I can't even remember how many hours I put into that original Scarecrow Black Lantern team. What was it called? Controlled by Death. It was pretty sweet. I think you should have called it... I was thinking, should have been Death by Death. Could have right? Because you're called KO? Yeah. Death? yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was good. But that took so long to manipulate. And so... My thing I, I just need to relay to the, to the listeners the look... <laughs> As Rush looked out the window, <laughs> and, and the twinkles in his eyes as he said, "It was so good." Was, ah, so I was thinking about it today. My frustration was, I was playing Mike in in the big WKO. Uh, it was local for us, and I remember in the final, it was the first game. It was first time Mike had seen Scarecrow, and like I hit it, and it was he was like, "What?" So the next game, he just slowed. And I remember thinking early on in the game, I'm like, he can't beat me. And I made some, like, kind of silly decisions. And his whole plan was just to last turns, and it worked. And I was so frustrated. He outplayed me. I altered my play since then because now I worry more about play all the time, too. But that was good by him. But, man, still frustrating. <laughs> I wanted that team to be seen by people. I wanted them to see Scarecrow can beat the Hulk. How many years ago was that? Still in your crawl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why that's why I don't care all my practice games. It's all about what I need then. So, like, all that time practicing didn't matter. In fact, it was interesting because Ken was the first person I played in that tournament. And we had played so much, he thought, I, he, thought he knew how to, because I, could, I never beat him in testing. But I kind of had a, a move in my back pocket. Um, because Blue Eyes is Blue Eyes. He is a beef stick. So I had a move in my back pocket. And when Ken and I played, I was able to pull it out. And he was like, damn. Because you so, bought it, right? Yep. You bought Blue It was Eyes. the only way yeah. I could beat Ken. Yeah. And it had to work right. And it did. Because yeah. <gasps> our teams didn't match well together. So, But that was, I remember those days. Those were good. So this is your first Gen Con. Your first Gen Con, Zach, as yeah. well? Yeah. Charlie, you've been here. I've been here a few times. Okay. <laughs> and but. and you've made the trip, Nick. Yeah, it's a two-hour drive for me. This is, this yeah. is easy. So this is my first one, too. So I'm going to ask some Gen Con questions. Better, worse, how are you feeling about this one? And maybe, maybe not as much better or worse, how are you feeling about the crowd? Because it feels a little sparser than I thought it would be. Yeah, the I will say the drafts have been widely more popular than the constructed events. But, I mean, come on, this game, people love to draft. 
I mean, you guys showed up, didn't really plan to do much, and you're just drafting and having fun. And some of the new people that have been playing, they're not going to be great at the constructed stuff. They've been playing at home against their partners, and they just showed up and they're like, yeah, I want to give this draft a try. So it's definitely been hitting home. Drafts are great. Constructed's been all right, but draft has been the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's worth acknowledging that, like, Gen Con as a whole has way less people, like, than it normally has. So it's not just Dice Masters. Like, the Hero Clicks attendance is down. The other games that I play's attendance are down. I know that, and, you know, even, like, the Dungeons & Dragons, they had to cut games off the schedule because there weren't enough people. So it's 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 not just about Dice Masters with the attendance. And... Even then, it's still Gen Con. Like, this is covering a giant convention hall, another hall for the gaming, and then it goes into the football stadium, and there's places... Like, this is my third, fourth time here. There's stuff I really don't even know what's happening and where. There is so much happening here that, like... Admittedly, our five tables for WizKids stuff very small fish fish in a big big pool yeah yeah i think that i think that people who haven't been to gen con really don't understand the scales i mean you guys that this is your first time did you realize that it's literally what three miles from indian <laughs> yeah so what i have to compare it to is i went to origins in uh 2018 i think it was where you know we had the big dice masters event we had i don't know i want to say like 50 50 people there but it's like the the main event hall is like a quarter of the size of this and this one here like literally goes down to a football stadium and it takes like a mile to walk there like on the scale that the, the facility is just ginormous compared to origins we also have a local one salt con where we just play board games right and it's like you know, the size of the, the room that we're in now, but they fit 2,000 people. They have however many dozens of, of people here. So there's still a ton of people, and there's there's a lot of events to do. Um, the difference for me between Origins and this is um, the type of events as well. So I did like a Dune Imperium board game championship. Uh, a lot of those things they don't have at Origins. So so that that's why I, I played a ton of Dice Masters. I did Star Wars Destiny, a bunch of those things at Origins, but... It was weird because they didn't have as much of that stuff here or wasn't necessarily as popular because I think it's a little more D&D and board game focused rather than the the um, competitive card and uh, games like that. Yeah, I mean, there's still pretty big competitive events and some of the companies put out huge prize pools. Like I know in years past, Upper Deck would do a legendary 10K tournament where literally they were giving out $10,000 in prizing. They, I don't know if they were going as big this year, but they're doing a legendary event. And those tend to be, like, you sign up and that is what you're doing for the day. And there's a lot of big competitions that you go to, and that's your whole day to go to. But still, there's other stuff to do. I mean, Charlie, what did you do Thursday? Uh, I played uh, Dungeons and Dragons Spelljammer for about ten hours. <laughs> uh, I'm actually very jealous. How was it? It was fantastic. <laughs> my um. my son's a DM, and he would. I actually wanted to 
jump in on one of those for him, but I didn't make it. I They put us in a nice little room in the corner, kind of very similar to this, where you're in a room with a lot of people, but you're hiding in the corner, and so it sounds a little quieter. And... Um, did a four-hour session, took a lunch break, came back and did a four-hour session. And, like, even after it was over, this, like, table of these six strangers, like, we were, like, chatting on Discord for, like, two hours after it was over about it because it was just such a good experience. Yeah, like, there's just really big events that happen here that they can take all day. I think Thursday, too, I saw people signing up. There's some sort of Twilight Imperium tournament. Yeah. Which twenty so fifth anniversary? Yeah, the twenty fifth yeah. anniversary, and those games. Have you guys played it before? Yeah, so, we wanted to do that actually. So that would have been the tournament I wanted. So, our, I think our longest, our longest play of that I think was eleven, eleven hours. Yeah. That is, I've talked to a couple people recently who started playing Dice Masters, and they're like, "Yeah, we were sitting around and we thought, you know, that forty five minute game was the norm." And then, when then we went out to our first event, we were timed for twenty minutes, and, and all of a sudden we're like, "Well, but it's still eighteen nineteen over here." And just yeah, it's okay. Some people need more time because it's not about attacking; it's about seeing what kind of stuff you can do on your side of the board that might deal some damage. It's all about the experience. It really is. Yeah. So, so can I pull back the curtain and bring up the part where we were talking about how you have to attack when you play Dice Masters? <laughs> that when we were talking about that, not on camera or on mic, can we mention that? Or is that cheating? <laughs> no, go for it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you made a point. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to attack in Dice Masters. Now, now to be fair... There's a certain uh, Mr. Six that is also still learning how to use the attack step. Do you have any advice for him for the attack step, Russell? Use it sparingly. (laughs) (laughs) And only as needed. Seems like a good way to use it. It's It's like the pull cord. Once everything is safe, I can then attack. Other than that, it's about... Chiseling, doing what you need to, and then final blow. And Zach, do you have advice for uh, Mr. Six using the attack step? So I was going to say, I thought that Russ was going to say only attack and use it as a vehicle for a way to get your dice to be KO'd <laughs> to get to your true purpose of winning. They're just like capturing it. It's like, doesn't matter. You don't have, you don't have guys anymore. You're not going to win. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, that goes back to the but fact that But if they do how, go through, you better KO them first or else they're going to do some damage. Yeah. So you don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it is what it is. But the real way to do it is if you're going to attack, make sure you've got all the globals to pump them up and you're going to win. Said like a real guru. <laughs> Except for if the can is sitting in my used, and then it's just like I take. Seven. You've only got six life left, so I win. Except for I hit, did you, or I hit uh, my heroic defense on my KO and got life last turn. Up to sixteen. <laughs> Russell, can for the camera? Can you pull your sleeves open? To make sure we don't have that heroic defense under the sleeve. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's where a, are you getting this die? It's a very underused basic action way back in the day. You life gate and bump up your characters. It's I it's so good. So so this weekend was the first time I've played like a lot of the new modern, the three set modern. 
I was very surprised by how many times I was using the attack step to, like, solve ramp problems. Like, oh, my bag is not where I need it to be, so I need to use the attack step to, like, get some sidekicks somewhere that I need them to be or fix things like that. Yeah, and I mean, the anti-monitor, too. I've I've got a team brewing that I use that for the ramp, which is a little weird using your five cost to get ramp, but... You're KOing characters. You're going to re-roll stuff. You can use it for ramp and maybe trigger some effects, I guess. I don't know. Who would do that? I've had a couple of games in draft, especially with the Batman Global, where there was a point where I had to attack just to get enough in my bag to not take bag burn. So so I have a question for everyone. I I asked these guys. I I think it's great, but I'm I'm curious because I haven't heard much chatter about it, but I love investigative journalism for ramp and for the churn of your bag. So, you know, it allows me to buy all of those other big things that I was talking about on my team. Oh, I I like that it's good both early and late. Like, so much ramp is, like, bad later. It's like, okay, I've got this... Big entrance. uh, Yeah, big entrance (laughs) is the poster child. I didn't win when I played big entrance, and now it's in my bag and everything's awful. Yeah, but investigative journalism is always good. So... I just thought about that. Investigative journalism. Where are your dice all the time? You're cycling tons of dice into your use pile. Deken, he's always going to be in your use, and you're going to have like nine or ten dice. I'm telling you, Deken is control. You know what's great? You play... Now, this is if you admit that there is an attack step. Play your investigative journalism. You might reset the bag. You might draw Deken... Just go ahead and roll that one. Don't prep it. You need it and used. And guess what? If it rolls to a character and you're in the attack step, it goes straight to used. You win. You're winning. Well, you're not losing. That's the point. Well, so you could also what you do is you you oh, man. There's so so much. And then I got to get Starro in there because I think you could use Starro mixed in that too. So I do have a Starro mutation. And I think collector combo I'm working on. It's It takes more practice. It's more in line with some of my old builds. But I think there's something there. Because I think I can take your character, put Starro out. I think there was a there was a concept of stealing two or three characters on one turn if I can trigger it right. So I just got to practice that. There is a use for the rare Starro. I know because I found out in draft today. I, I drafted the rare Starro and just kept taking control of my opponent's characters. Once my bag was thin enough, Starro came out every single turn. But then you can, I think there's ways to get Starro in your field because by not fielding him, so you can have him in your you in your prep, so you can have him next turn, if that makes sense. So you need to field him multiple times, so you need to cycle him from your prep. To your, so you need to field him, move him to your prep, then move him to your use, so you... Or, he goes straight to used. Yeah, he's essentially a sacrifice. Right. So you sacrifice him to your use, then you got to get him to your prep. So you create this little weave, There's and I think it'll work. That does that. Yeah, I know, but I need I need my protection. <laughs> See, but I need my protection. Well, you also have to attack yeah, with that yeah. decan. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. 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 Because so. yeah, when we were play testing, he was trying the Starro, and and of course, like Russ is like. I'm like, no, it, it goes straight to use. Like, you have to sacrifice. He's like, no. All right, new challenge. I need to find a way to get this into the field, actually, so I can use it. Yeah, it was pretty rough, but, you know, it, you had something. There's potential. It's got to get there. So, that I know people sit there and say it's weird, but when there's something wrong, 
with the combo or like, oh, this won't work because of such and such. That's what you work on. Not like, oh, that character doesn't work. You work on why it doesn't work. And there's always going to be something there. And then Wins Kids will maybe add it later. So you say, when this ability is there, for instance, I had my eyes on the Black Lantern Aquaman for a while. And I said, if there's ever a way to kind of manipulate that. So as soon as Fabricate went, came out, that's why I was like, oh my gosh, this just created my team. Because that is exactly what I needed. So. Yeah, and I mean, just to give the biggest shout out to these guys... I remember writing in back in the day of trying to figure out the rare Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Gave it to them, and it was just a puzzle that they couldn't quite crack. And finally they released the Thunderbird and the hope to copy. The cards came out, it worked, it stuck in my mind, and then I pulled off some one-turn wins with, of course, Fabricate, best ability ever. And Yondu was good. I don't know where else you can really use him, but hey, he's got when KO'd, and that's always a good card. I think it's always worth mentioning that Fabricate was actually originally a Yu-Gi-Oh! ability as well. For anybody who really dislikes that Yu-Gi-Oh! set, I think it's worth just discussing some of the things in there that were really classic abilities that are well-loved, really. So, so today there's kind of a funny story. We're like in the middle, like literally in the middle of our playing of the draft, and Russ is like, "Jimmy, come over here, Jimmy. I, I, I need you. I need you. I need to make a request here." Russ, what, what, what did you ask him? I asked for a reprint of the Sag Eye the Clown rare from Yu-Gi-Oh. It reads, "If he does not attack, you can deal two damage to another character in the other, in your opponent's field." Right. Yeah, and then what did Jimmy reply? What 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 he mechanic did he have to introduce you to? No, well the attack phase range. <laughs> range, 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 but but Saggy isn't range because he that's doesn't true. attack. That's true. See, yeah. so that's and if you have old cards, there is a fun little combo to go mess with. It's Saggy the Clown it's and not Joe, Saggy. Saggy, I don't know. I don't know what is Saggy? Saggy. Saggy. It's a and, clown. And yeah, it's scary, right? Red Hood Joker, because Red Hood Joker does any damage that a character with an affiliation takes, everything takes it. So, Sagai is a multi-character magic missile every turn. And it what you do is, because you have a villain team, you make everything villains everywhere, and you just blast the entire field, and all those guys that are villains that take damage and give damage, you just blast the whole field and then say, okay, I won. And your character, your opponent says, how? And then you just draw out the board. Is that Wait, rare how, danger room to make everything actually, a villain? How did you win, though? Did you actually deal any damage? Not by attack. So what would happen? You'd be like, I'm not going to attack. I remember doing this once in an event, and I had to go back through. It's like, I know you won, but to show It was like deal two damage to that guy but I made everything villains and then it would like multiply and then it ended up hitting I can't remember everything in in succession but it was like I think it killed the villains like it would kill the villains they had retaliation then it also had the there was a few pieces that needed to be purchased for this team but it was really fun when like it all of them all yeah, the, all the pieces. <laughs> yeah, back to the to the uh, dark side. He was on there as well. So when he would kill, it was just it was a lot of fun. The stars oh, aligned. Oh no, I remember what happened. Another character on there was Babs, 
you remember Super Rare yeah, Babs? Yeah. Yep. She would get damaged, and and then so I can't remember. She would like multiply it out, so it would like that two damage to Sag. Damage attacking, yeah. and then I won. So <laughs> Sag I would deal the two damage, but that would deal damage to. Babs, and then Babs would replicate it out, so it would, like, replicate this whole, like, villains hit villains and villains hit villains. It was a lot of fun. But the Sagai. We need that reprinted. I'm going to mention it again. It's a really fun, odd ability that everybody overlooked. And heroic. Heroic as well. There was heroic. It was good. There was a fun heroic team. It kind of came back later with teamwork. Right? Wasn't that the team watch? watch. That was the ability. And they reprinted more Team Watch in the Dark Phoenix and Superman Kryptonite Crisis. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's useful when done right. Yeah, yeah I ran Mystique, and Super Rare Mystique and Constructed, um, comboed with uh, the global to make X-Men and radicalization and the beast to attack to ramp. So I, you know... So I was removing your stuff and then ramping in. That was what I ran and constructed this weekend and had uh, decent success until the person uh, put out a bizarro that I had nothing to deal with because <laughs> it's just faster than I could spin it. <laughs> Is anyone messing with Moon Knight? The rare. I mean, I... So... Golden Age, the first one I paired it with was Spidey the Amazing. And just increasing or decreasing the one cost sped it up quite a bit. But the idea was, it it was, again, way overkill. But it was like, I can half and then half again. I would need six fists, but it would just be fun to go, like, half your life and then half your life and then deal with my attack. The most fun I've ever seen with the, the Rare Moon Knight was my son drafted the Rare Moon Knight. And then drafted the uncommon She-Hulk yep. that discounts yeah. for every character yeah, so die in the field. Characters. So suddenly his Moon Knights cost one, and they all had Overcrush. And then, pretty quick after that, in, at least in my test, the She-Hulks are one. Yes. So it, it just yep. Yep. duplicates on top of itself. It's yeah, cool. I think he had four She-Hulk dice and four Moon Knight dice. Yeah. So what you're saying is he rare bizarroed the draft before a rare bizarro. That's kind of the way he played it. Yeah, yeah. I was real proud. <laughs> Going it's back to it, I've been thinking, is there any life gain? Well, I think there is a good life gain in this set with, is it Poison Ivy, right? It's like Poison Ivy and a car- your opponent's... Oh my gosh. How does Poison Ivy read? Does it read... Does your opponent have to do it on their turn? No, the other one. The, because if they filled three characters on their turn, the you can force fielding. Oh my gosh! So, so with you get you with the Batman Global. How did I not do this earlier? The uh, she gains life if your opponent deal fields two or more. If it's not the first or second, you gain two life. So if you do the Batman Global and she's in your field, you're actually gaining life. You're forcing them to field characters and gain life. So that you're keeping yourself alive with the game. Oh, man. I one, keep playing with that. One small problem, Russell. Uh-oh, did it not work? It'll work. If you play the Batman Global, your p- opponent may field two sidekicks. They're not compulsed 
oh, that just makes the decision better. It's like you filled it and get blockers and give me life, or you don't. I love making those decisions. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, they either field them and get blockers, or you're gaining field advantage. It's still win-win. They have the bad choice. But might not get up to that eight life threshold. But yeah, DeKen could stop Barry. I will not disagree. So, turning the subject, <laughs> Charlie and I on the way into the hall the other day had a had a really great conversation about the new modern and how we're going to have three sets available to us. And one of the things that we were just discussing was how the meta was so small in the beginning and how much fun you really had with it. I'm wondering, is anybody looking forward to a new three-set meta? I know it's going to be One Worlds and then we're going to see Secret Wars, but uh, any comments? Yeah, I mean, I'll kick this off because, yeah, I guess I brought it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I'm really excited. So, in the Dark Ages, we played WKOs with AVX. That was it. And we played constructed WKOs. We played seven of them, I think there were. And you would play, you would go all day and you'd play like nine of the same cards and then the one card that's different for the most part, especially like as you like filtered your way through. But the way I would play my ten cards and you would play your exact same ten cards could be a completely different game. Like it's, it's, Dice Masters, because everything's right there and it's all available, like, you don't have to have the right, like, like I can play Control with the exact same team you're playing aggro with if I just, you know, have built it right and thought about it, and like I think that we have that potential again when it comes to Memphis and everyone's had some time with these cards and there's been some brewing. I also think there's more diversity than that, but yeah, so that's kind of the best of both worlds. I think what has brought my interest back somewhat is the limited... Like, honestly, if you look at Dark Phoenix, when I was playing that set within what I pulled, it was like, oh, this is the best of type of... These are all the ones with my giant... Like, I don't get to play with my old stuff that much just because I don't want to... It's a lot to bring out and be like, oh, I'm going to build a team. and But the... The new draft packs was like, oh, this is kind of the best stuff. So, like, narrowing that as far as modern goes, I think, is is much better. And I I think the pilots get overlooked. Like, I think the piloting and how you play a team is important. That's why the practice. That's what frustrates me with stuff like uh, Becky Lynch. It's like, well, the, there's no, there's nothing the pilot has to do. I had the same issue with Yonky back in the day. It's like, it's there's no piloting issues. It's just, you just do that. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, and I think when the meta was a little larger, we got to the point where you put you put it not so lightly the other day, Charlie, that we got lazy. We would see a team that won, it won in three or four turns consistently. If you did A, then B, then C, then D, win game. And we all kind of got into that. So I'm, I'm really excited for this Worlds. I think we're going to see a lot of variation. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I really like the three sets. And honestly... Other than a few cards, obviously, I think that some of the most powerful sets, and you can make some amazing, really powerful, cool teams. There's there's obviously the two or three cards that are probably the most powerful and are, and are, are going to be 
heavily played until something happens, but there's so many different types of things and different keywords and um, all the different strategies. I mean, Russ, you know, a good example of just random things that still could work, but there's there's so many fun things, and it's some of the funnest sets that I've played yet. Yeah, I, I think when we first heard the rotation announcement, it was like, oh, man. Because I felt like before they called it, we were getting a pretty diverse set of cards because people were tired of some of the same three. And then they called it down to the just three sets, and I was like, oh, man, we're down to so much less. There's going to be less diversity. But really, Zach, what you were saying is absolutely correct. I think there's some some three pretty big cost win conditions that are obviously going to get played and it sounds like you have all three of them on the same team but (laughs) i think what it's also done because we've lost some of the globals that we were so used to using like clayface now it's cut down the purchase a little bit where i think people are going to look at those four costs and the five costs and anything less to make it work And I think we're going to get shocked by some of the stuff that maybe speeds through and maybe have another fish slap sort of moment where we didn't see that coming and it does really well. That's why I think that investigative journalism is so good. It helps you get those big cost ones super fast and at the same time churns everything so you can get back to those big ones if they go through. But you got to take a turn to get there and you might lose with some of the others. If they're fast, yeah. Which might make it more worth it to... uh use the daily planet because you could field your rare starro then you could sacrifice your rare starro take control use your daily planet to bring your starro right back and try to field it to take control of another character that might be a hint (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that um there was what was the card we saw this weekend that we were all kind of like oh i hadn't noticed oh the wonder woman um i'm frantically searching on dice coalition right now when she attacks she gives all your other characters plus one attack Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the uh black widow from fish slap except it's not a one fielded so it's a lot more consistent exactly you can use it whenever you want to instead of having to use it on the turn fielded right and there was a player who brought that this weekend and like i think three or four of us were like, oh, I've been paying so much attention to the the Wonder Woman that I hadn't even thought about that one. And it, it fits right into that. This is a four cost. It gets here fast and it starts doing damage. Uh, by attacking? <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird combo I feel somewhere with the... Well, you search I, on Transition Zone. I'm just going to give a call out to Truby. Thanks, man. Transition Zone is my favorite, and uh, I have so many kudos to you for keeping this going. I can't remember. The team builder, too, is excellent, and Truby's doing that, too. Yeah. Um, But I like Transition Zone, and it was my turn. Fair enough. I mean, if you want to hate on me more, I'm going to have to bust some bad news. The rare Starro, when fielded, sends Starro to the used pile. Since it was in a rolled state on your turn, it actually goes out of play. No. It doesn't go directly there to the use a... pile, as stated uh, clearly on the card. Does that override the rule of it going to out of play? 
So if we go back to the ruling that they did for the Myra, it's yes, it would go out of play as this is kind of a weird, it breaks the golden rule, but it's kind of an unwritten rule of if a card text says send a die to used and it is your turn, really what it means is send it out of play. Because it's like a payment, right? Yeah, really. if it's a payment. It's just like yeah. when you're spending your resources. But you still get to steal someone's die, so that's cool. So, you just need two Starlos. It's a... It's a... It's With a fine ticket. machine. Or make it three. See, I think they hide... I think... That's always been my theory. I think they hide the best cards with the worst abilities because if you trigger them, then you they're the better ones. I mean, honestly, this sounds like the fabled Kate Bishop team that should not be really uttered further than that. That was too good. I think it sounds like we need a part two after uh, Russ dwells on this a little bit. No, see, like this one right here. Orion, if you don't have an active non-sidekick character, Orion costs two more to fill. Oh, yeah, There's he's manipulation like, around that. He does, but there are free fielding globals in set. Free is free. Oh, that's Oh, yeah, good. people know that one's busted. <laughs> oh, good. I played against it a few times this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of good stuff in the new set. Excited. Yeah, I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. Anybody have any final thoughts they want to throw in before they before their chances are, are gone? I just want to say, after being away from Dice Masters for really a couple years, maybe a year and a half, here and there we played, but it's just every time we play it, I just remember how fun, and, and we were talking about this at lunch, just how unique this game is. Like, we're here at Gen Con playing all these different games. There's nothing like Dice Masters. So, kudos to uh, Eric Ling, Mike Elliott. You guys got a good thing. Yeah, it's good to be playing a little bit again. I was really glad to draft and uh, hopefully get. Uh, Zach and I are planning on playing some online so maybe we can get some games online with some people and try to work on some stuff. Yeah, and I'm here by myself, uh, so I'll send a kudos out to my wife uh, managing an almost two-year-old by herself at home today. I think we all share that. Yeah, thank you for letting me be here. Um, But just sitting around and honestly hanging out with the people... Like, I came and I was planning to bring and play board games after hours, but I've sat and just chatted with people. Chatted with Rosalyn and jo- or Jocelyn and Rob. Wow. Um, and had good time. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Celebrity couple. Uh, yeah, but then sitting here and honestly just admiring in awe of the, uh, the KO King and the Global Guru themselves. <laughs> It's just like listening to the old Double Burst podcast that, I mean, I'm fangirling on the inside, and I'm sorry if I it's a little too much. It's just great hearing the, well, what if you do this? They, well, there's, that's why this game is so good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to turn that right back on you, Nick. I mean, you put a lot of time in making the events happen, along with WizKids being the volunteer. Uh, someone had to do the dirty work, and it was you, and, like, yeah, I think we're all sitting here in a hallway at a convention because you ran a uh, volunteer to run Dice Masters, so thanks. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. That uh, that goes without saying. And one of the things that I'll say about this game that I told somebody recently um, is this is the least competitive competitive card game, and it is so much fun to spend time with the other players. I, I've never walked out of a game 
angry at my opponent. I've never walked out of a game where my opponent was angry at me. Um, some frustrations here and there, but frustrations at these dice. Frustrations at dice, or at what I didn't think of or do, right? Or what they did to me was usually my own fault. But what the, <laughs> but there may have been some blame cast, but I got over it fast. Uh, it's it's a, such a good community, and thanks guys for being a part of it. And that's it for this episode of the mini double burst of dice. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and maybe we'll see you guys around. Until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. there we go then folks there was andy with zach ross nick and charlie uh i'm sure you'll agree uh, a very kind of organic energized dynamic conversation that they've captured on tape there loving the fact that that content was sort of taken by andy in the in the sort of heat at the moment after some after they've done some drafting and the, the you could hear the brewing juices starting from ross if you're a, a newer player to the to the game and you've not heard the double burst before the reason that russ's nickname is the ko king is because he had a particular obsession a particular love for self ko in his cards you know game was, effects was it, it was rare scarecrow wasn't it that's right yeah rare scarecrow from world's finest, finest. Was, yeah he used to love stuff like that with his blue eyes white dragon global and things so uh, you can hear him ticking it over and thinking about these things but what's particularly interesting as I sort of primed up in the little intro to this interview, is how great is it to hear a couple of retired players returning to the game and being that enthused and excited about it? 100%. It's good. So hopefully we can get um, more of the old guard back and playing and and new people as well. But certainly I think it shows that new, new, new modern, uh, even with its massive restrictions, uh, has... um, really kind of entice people to be excited about the game again. Uh, you know, the the products available. Uh, it, it seems that maybe the, the, the LCG style kind of campaign boxes didn't kind of flick the switch for many people. And, and the, the opportunity to draft uh, has, uh, has really kind of like highlighted the game again. And fingers crossed yeah. that will only get better. Well, uh, I think you might be right there, but I also think that some element... Like WizKids, uh, the cards are looking the best they've ever looked, or largely speaking. Largely speaking, that Superman is wonky. That Superman is wonky. So I think you're right. The draft pack model is definitely attracting attention, but I think once they're in, and the reprinted game text is clearly yeah. <laughs> doing the game favours in terms of returning players. But what that speaks to is the opportunity that it presents itself right now. You know, that opportunity to, uh, if you're in an area where a scene has died down. I mean, we see this commented on a lot around about on the socials. Oh, there's no dice masters in my area anymore. It's died out. Then I don't know. Is it worth just taking five minutes to send a quick Facebook message out or a quick WhatsApp to say, Hey guys, did you know that new moderns trimmed it down to a much smaller, much more manageable group of sets and look at how amazing the cards are right now. And the wording's getting better and, 
the artwork's awesome and blah 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 you know I think there's something about there's... the opportunity that that presents itself 100% or even if you just like start off with a draft of you know Kryptonite Crisis or Dark Phoenix to get people back in uh, and sat on a a table in the game store playing some Dice Masters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, a massive thank you to Russ, Zach, and Charlie, and Nick for contributing there. Uh, but we do have one final little section that Andy recorded for us, which... It's, 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 it's a bit long, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm going to loosely describe it. Please forgive us, Andy. I'm going to loosely describe it as uh, an interview with Jimmy Darwin O'Brien, the uh, WizKids... Um, project manager who kind of heads up Dice Masters among other things over there. Was it when Although, Andy met Jimmy in a lift? It, well, <laughs> I can't <laughs> help but upon uh, listening to it, there does have a little feel of like Andy just grabbing <laughs> Jimmy quickly in a corridor and <laughs> giving him no room to escape and firing 20 questions at him. <laughs> However, there is a one or two interesting points of note, so we will share this section, but uh, yeah, Andy, sorry. Sorry, Andy America, a bit of bounce there, but you got a bit. It was a bit. <laughs> it was a it bit was quick tight. fire. Yeah, it was tight. Yeah, that's it. Tight yeah, he's a pro. He's a pro. <laughs> he can he can take the bounce. So let's have a listen to Andy speaking to Jimmy. This is Andy May. I'm at Gen Con with Jimmy O'Brien. You want to say hi? Hey, it's Jimmy. It's great to be here. <laughs> so we're doing some recording for the Ministry of Dice while we're here, and wanted to fire a couple of questions Jimmy's way. So we're going to start off with uh, the big question that I've been wondering about. Why are there four more cards in the Secret War set? I think that's just a typo as a result of marketing images getting created. You know, sometimes like cards get play-tested or created and they don't make it in the final set, but the legacy artifacting and all that with design, so... Great to know that we're not going to have to collect four more supers. Thank you. Yes. Um, as far as the Fantastic Four set goes, are we going to be able to see some of those cards in the upcoming set? Is that set dead? Can you give us any info? So I think Fantastic Four has taken off the solicits page. That that box set format was just taken out. Um, it kind of had experienced some delays and then didn't make sense as part of the origin pack and draft pack future that Secret Wars is giving us. Okay. Outstanding. Um so, other big questions. Will the Slingers Play at Home kit be available ever again? The Slingers Play at Home kit should be available again, whether that's a matter of weeks or months uh, is to be determined. But, like, there's, there was some still in stock. I'm not sure where that stock is, like, warehouse-wise. Uh, but it should be back on Kids too, at some point. Okay, and will we be able to get that through our local game store or directly through WizKids only? It should be both. Okay, that's great to hear. Um, I had one more question about Memphis, basically. So I was wondering if you have any idea what the formats are going to be when we get down there. Uh, that schedule should be available in the next week or two, which might actually be before this goes live because I don't know what that timeline looks like. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't have anything offhand to share. Okay. And then format-wise, so the last one we had a popper, we had a 10 and 10, we had a few other things. What about the 10 and 10 format? Can you tell me where that's going? Will that ever be re resurrected? Uh, 10 and 10 will be around again when it makes sense. And okay. so, yeah, with fewer than 10 sets, it's it's not ideal. Um, maybe we retool it in just the 10 most recent sets. Uh, we'll we'll kind of take a look at it and decide. Okay. 
I think, honestly, that's pretty much all I have for you, unless you want to share any huge spoilers about another set that's coming out after Secret Wars or anything anything to share with the Ministry of Dice fans. I, I don't I don't want to spoil anything about the next set. That way we have something to look forward to at Memphis. So fingers crossed everything is lined up that we can, we can talk a little bit more about that then. All right. That's outstanding, man. That's really all I had for you today. So thanks so much for your time, Jimmy, and great to talk Thank to you. Thank you. It was great being here. Bye. So there you go. It's not about how long you spend on it. It's what you do with the time. And Andy is obviously a very efficient. <laughs> He's a no-messing kind of... hardcore reporter getting straight down to the nitty-gritty. Where's my Fantastic Four campaign box? Where's my OP kit? <laughs> Give us something new, mate. Yeah. Or I'm not letting you out of this room. yeah sorry i broke down then i was laughing at my own jokes that were going through my head i'm not quite sure where i was going with that but i'm sure you can all imagine the potential innuendos that was going to come out my mouth but andy here put it much more succinctly than me (laughs) oh go on as i say well it's good good to know that uh, the op kit will be back yeah i think there's some folks about who um you know because it's legal in the yeah, I think the main thing there is that it's it's listed as a legal set in the new modern um you know legality list. So I think there are folks who are eager to get their hands on it who perhaps missed it at that time. Um cause yeah. not everybody was grinding away like you and me with Dice Busters <laughs> through lockdown. <laughs> True that. Coming up with a random format every week and staying on top of stuff, you know. So uh, I think that's where kind of Andy's question was driven by was the fact that there's been people out about saying, well, it's on the legal list and I can't even get my hands on it. Um, and there's there's definitely stuff in there that could potentially be useful. I mean, certainly the basic action, you know, has got, uh, is it Force Attack? I think it's Force Attack. Well, I can't remember. That's level it. Yeah, one of, uh, the Global's significant. I can't remember. I've suddenly forgotten why. Force Attack or Force Block? No, it's not Force Block. If it was Force Block, every man and his dog would be using it. Yeah. Also, confirmation that the Fantastic Four campaign box ain't happening. We can't yeah. have it, but that kind of confirms it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy had confirmed it with us off the record, hadn't he? But I think uh, it's now out there. He's said it out aloud. Like, like that comes as a surprise to anyone who's following along closely with it. Like Jimmy says, it's you know it's off the solicits page, um, which I think will cause a great deal of disappointment. I know there's a lot of people interested in in the game in terms of the solitaire version, um, and I certainly yeah. had messages off people when when Jimmy first implied on his interview with us some months back now that it was possibly going to be canned. <laughs> I had messages at that point of people go, "What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got I've had it on pre-order. I'm desperate for. I want to play the solitaire version. But what I will say is that there's some stuff out there, you know, that's uh, um, good solitaire stuff. I'll put some links in the show notes. Because uh, there's uh, a solitaire version on Board Game Geek, and there's some videos by uh, oh man, apologies, Mr. Person who made the video. I promise I did watch him, but I've forgotten your name on Discord. Oh. Yeah, it's not like me, that is it? Um, no, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll put I'll, I'll make sure the links are in the show notes uh, in any case. Um, but yeah, there we go. All right, well, I think we've reached the point now where I have to say, well, there we are then, folks, as all good things must, this episode 
of the double burst. I mean, the Ministry of Dice has come to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we did too, because we didn't record a great deal. <laughs> no, we didn't. It was most enjoyable putting our feet up and letting someone else do all the hard work for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that like every week for you? What do you mean? <laughs> well, interpret it as you will. <laughs> sidekick does what sidekick does. <laughs> sidekick does what sidekick does. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some things that some sidekicks have done now. Very War, much. One of the, one of the Robins died. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. In fact, he was vote right. Here's a story for you. DC Comics, right? Dick Grayson. My fine detail on this might be a little loose, but they did a fan vote. They had they used to have these letter columns at the back of... Well, they still do, but they, they were obviously... One of the main ways that people would correspond with the artists and the writers and the publishers and stuff was through these letter columns. Obviously not so much now in the age of internet. But they did this big thing where they did a fan vote of, like, should Dick Grayson die? <laughs> and the fans voted him to die. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So they then did, a, like, a special... A story arc in which Dick Grayson died. <laughs> Spoiler alert, folks, <laughs> for a comic from the mid 80s. Yeah, it was called Death in the Family. <laughs> I see myself more as a Pepper Potts than a Dick Grayson. Well, Pepper Potts isn't really a sidekick, though. Yeah, she is. No, not really. More like a partner. She's just. But then Rescue is a sidekick. Wow, well, that. Uh... <laughs> Coming to a mod extra podcast <laughs> near you, sidekicks, the top ten. Yeah, because that'll probably be Riri Williams, really, rather than uh, as the sidekick. Rather than or who? Blocks. Yeah, exactly. Um, or Jarvis. <laughs> I proved my point. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what were we talking about? Oh, I was wrapping up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we've come to an end. Uh, thanks once again to Andy, to Russ, to Zach, to Charlie, and to Nick for joining us on this episode and for their, sharing their little roundtable discussion. And of course, thanks for Jimmy for that that three minutes of magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, she said. Oh, come on. <laughs> you have to cut that now. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Because your mouth can't help but run itself off. <laughs> That's what like she a said. Sidekick. <laughs> oh, God. I, don't know. I may include it and throw that in the outro. We'll see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us for episode 130. We'll be back in two weeks' time with episode 131. Uh, but all that's left to say is I've been Chris, otherwise known online as Dreamers 6. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. That's what she said. Oh, <laughs> You are a very naughty sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, folks. Bye bye. Right? Can we not have like people record for us every week and we just like yeah enjoy at the start? <laughs> do a reaction video.
Like just have us like <laughs> you know, and you've got this, <laughs> them doing it, but then us on a screen next to it just reacting. <laughs>